Matt, have you ever seen a movie that was so bad that you were like, how, how, did, how did this get made? Say it. Ask the question. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really a, honestly. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that was the question we asked at your house. We were watching Ben and Arthur. Oh, my God. And I just thought, God, I wish I had like three amazing comedians doing a full podcast about movies like this. Yeah. Like who would be your dream team? For I don't know. Like I, I mean, not to brag, but my dear friend, June Diane Raphael, mm-hmm. uh, maybe her husband, Paul Shear, maybe their friend, Jason Manzoukas. Oh, my God. Man, that's, that's, that is a murderer's row. Uh, yeah. That's how, that's how do you get made. It's right here in the Earwolf family. Uh, mm-hmm. Every episode, they sit down with a celebrity guest, uh, which have included Abby Jacobson, Alana Glazer, Adam Scott, uh, Dave Holmes. Yeah, it was fun. I talked about the movie uh, Tiptoes. What is Tiptoes? Tiptoes is a movie uh, in which um, uh, Gary Oldman plays a little person. Oh my God! So yeah, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and and uh, Matthew McConaughey is his full size brother, wow. and he and uh, Kate, uh, Kate uh, Beckinsale mm-hmm. fall in love, and then there's a whole controversy because they, she gets pregnant, and what if it's a little person? And um, uh, uh, Peter Dinklage plays a French little wow. person separatist. Um, they <laughs> they literally do the thing where uh, Gary Oldman's on his knees with like shoes on his knees. Oh Jesus! Uh, they they stick him into a couch and give him little. Little Kermit legs. Oh my it's god! It's really bad. It's really bad. Well, you. Guys, I don't know how it got made, but you can hear that, and you can hear many more uh, if you listen and subscribe to How Did This Get Made on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Conky, hi. Dave Holmes. How are you, my friend? I'm good. How are you? So good. Um, I'm doing really well. I wanted to tell you that yes. this past weekend, per your advice, I finally accepted Dua Lipa into my heart. <gasps> Matt! And oh. it, I'm converted. She's I'm great, in. right? She's it. She's great. She's so great. She's good. I mean, Deanna Chang uh, turned me on. I mean, you turned me on to her, but uh, okay. she she made me watch the video to New Rules. Oh, I and mean, that's, that's the gateway. It's just so good. And then I played it for Michael. We had the gayest Saturday night. Where uh, how the house is being worked on, we're mm-hmm. normally not a TV in the bedroom, but we had to move the TV into the bedroom. Yeah. And so we had a Saturday night where we literally watched the Gaga documentary uh-huh. and the series finale of Sex and the City oh, for maybe the 10th time and the Dua Lipa video. I oh, played it for him wow. and it ended and he simply said, again, and I played <laughs> it for him again. And oh, man. You're embracing your destiny. And really I love it. Living a cliche. I, I, love, uh, I love that Dua Lipa um, it can barely get it together to lip sync. Yeah, you, you can't be mean? bothered. No, yeah, why she's was just she? like, listen, I'm here. You yeah. got me. Yeah, I like that. Everyone's just a little bit wet. <laughs> it's a very like, wet video. Yeah. You're right. yeah. Everybody's a little dewy, Damn. a little sweaty. Uh-huh. You uh-huh. know? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Oh, I just, I love it, and it's a great song. And that was your song of the summer, correct? I would say so. New yeah. rules. Yeah. yeah, there are a couple other good jams on that. There album, are a billion other. That's jams the on one. That. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a song called "Be the One." Uh-huh. That I really like a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did find last time I was in New York for work. Um, I like I went out uh, with my coworkers, most of whom are straight, uh, to like you know we, there was a softball game, and then we went and got some beers and whatever. Yeah. 
And then I, uh, I started, I was like, ah, I'm going to get out of the subway. But then I was like, you know, no, I'm going to, it's a beautiful night out. I'm going to walk. And so I, I put my earbuds in and I listened to that album and I fully walking up eighth Avenue was on the runway. Like there's just something, <laughs> there's something about that album that lends itself to purposeful, every step, sexy walk. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. God, I so in my, I was confident and also praying that no one I knew could see, actually see me. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, I love it. Hey, listeners. If you have not yet accepted Dua Lipa as your personal <laughs> Lord and Savior, do. please do. She's outstanding. What's on your pop culture radar these days? Um, I, uh, I'm i still uh, uh, reading uh, The Line of Beauty, which is unbelievable. Ordered it. Can't oh, wait to dive in. It's so good. We're going we're gonna to figure out Homophilia Book Club. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I want to let everyone know because uh, the, the day that this episode comes out, uh, this movie premieres on Netflix, The Death and Life of Marsha P. Johnson. Yes. Tell the I, people I who Marsha P. Johnson is. Uh, she was a, uh, was a, was a trans uh, 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 activist yeah. and, uh, and one of the people kind of – one of the people at the Stonewall riots. Mm-hmm. Um, what specifically her role was, everyone – you know, it's all like There's everybody's accounts are kind of, are, are kind of different yeah. because, you know, uh, the, the press barely – oh, oh. I, I feel like we might get I into feel like this. Our guest maybe wants to weigh somebody's, in. Somebody's tenting their fingers, <laughs> uh, but we'll get there. Um, so it's it's about her and it's about Sylvia Rivera, another another trans uh-huh. activist, and and their um, what they were able to accomplish, which is kind of amazing when you look at what New York is now as opposed to what it was then. Mm-hmm. Um, what they were able to do for for other trans people, their role in just in in the in the Stonewall riots and in the early days of of gay rights, like yep. they were really at the forefront and and haven't gotten their due, and uh, and it's it's just it's it's beautiful and sad and it's it's a it's a great documentary. So I can't watch wait it. To see it. Yeah. Um, uh, well, did you, you see the, the 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 Stonewall movie a few years ago that everybody the, hated? The, the Emmerich one. Yeah. No, I haven't, and I'm, I really I really want now. I really want to. Yeah, I do, I kind of do too. I mean, I guess I feel like I just saw. Uh, other people's tweets about it, and I was just like, "Nope, yeah. not for me." Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I decided to let that one pass and not see it in the theater and, and all that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I'm curious. I saw I saw the 1994 or five Stonewall movie. Oh, I don't know with that. Guillermo one. Diaz and uh, Frederick Weller. It's uh, it's not great. Uh-huh. It's not great, but it's okay. It's well, all right. Yeah. How about you? What's going on? You know what? I should do some shameless self-promotion. Listen, uh, why, why feel shame? What else are we here for? I, I hate that those two words go together as often as they do. Self-promotion and shame. They shouldn't be. Yeah. That's what we're here to do. Let's and, get our work out into the world. Yeah. Rele- the, release yourself from the shame that binds you. I should. Uh, okay. So um, Unsent is, mm-hmm. a, is a show. Uh, show. It's a Comedy Central web series that I created with uh, Deanna Chang and Paul Shear, yeah. uh, members of the Earwolf family. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the concept is just like comedians coming in and telling like a, like a quick story about an electronic communication they wish they could unsend. So yes. like an email that they – there's a lot of accidental reply alls when you oh, meant to just no. reply to one person and – you know, uh, drunken tweets, mm-hmm. what have you. Mm-hmm. And the origin stories of it. So Deanna and I were doing it as a live show because Deanna had an amazing unsent that we just, to, uh, just as, as friends unpacked together so many times, just this, this bad email she wrote once that we dissected down to the <laughs> letter, which the quick backstory of it was, um, Danielle Schneider, also friend of of the show, mm-hmm. uh, you know she she uh, years back did the show on Hulu, uh, the um, the Hot Wives of Orlando. Yeah. Deanna was basically emailing her to uh, 
essentially pitch herself as a character for the show. So uh-huh. it was kind of a, a professional ask email yeah. to somebody that at the you know they're friends now, but at the time I'd say they were more friendly acquaintances. And I I, I, I won't bore you with the whole thing, but <laughs> the best part was that she started the email off with the words "Morning, Daniel," and <laughs> with no punctuation. <laughs> So keep in mind, the recipient's name is Danielle. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the email was sent at like 2.30 p.m. <laughs> so it doesn't matter what coast you're on. It doesn't matter where you are. It's not morning. It's li- morning it, nowhere. It was just one of those things where like you, you're trying to sound breezy and laid back because you don't want to seem thirsty. And so instead you just look like a fucking crazy person. <laughs> I just spit on you. I'm so sorry. It's okay. I love and it. And it doesn't matter how many times I read it. It makes me laugh so hard and so – so that was Deanna's unsend. And then my, my unsend was much more depressing, which yeah. was that I've told you this story before, but we had a, uh, I had this horrible breakup. Uh-huh. One of those breakups where I just went fucking crazy. I yeah. broke into the guy's house at one point. Like I was just unmoored from yeah. reality. And at one point I went home and I, uh, I had taken guitar lessons like at the, yeah. at the LGBT center. This uh-huh. was like one of the like ways I was trying to heal, you know? Sure. So I learned my like three chords, Yeah, wrote a song. Oh, no. It hurts me to even say this out loud, but wrote a song about him, uh-huh. recorded it on YouTube, uh-huh. sent him the link What's it and just wrote, What's this called, is for man? you. <laughs> so the, the, uh, the like idea of a song was like, you know, seasons change, but every season, like I'm, I'm, I'm like kissing a different stranger, but I'm thinking about you or, or uh-huh. some fucking bullshit like okay. that. I, I will and say, so I suppose I did get there a couple decades before you, but that's okay. Go on. And so the name of the song is um, "Climate Change." <laughs> oh no! And so, <laughs> and you can just see in the video that I'm like, oh no! I think I look like adorable and I think mm. I sound like kind of sexy but I'm try- trying to but uh, oh I'm bright yeah. red right now even yes you are this. yeah <laughs> so uh, needless to say it's been taken down from YouTube don't bother uh-huh. uh, searching it out but so between those two things Deanna and I came up with this show and we've had um, uh, and it, it's all on the Comedy Central website. But oh, we've got your Drew God. Drogies, your Brian Saffies, uh-huh. uh, Casey Wilson, Adam Pally, Jamie Lynn Siegler. Oh, God. Uh, a bunch of really funny folks. Oh, I love it. Do I you have it. an unsend in your <sighs> life? I have a few. Um, they're, okay. All right. You know what? There is one There is one. Yeah. that is so – that's appropriate for our show. Give it to let's me. Let's say. Okay. All right. I can't believe I'm about to say this. Oh, baby. Uh, okay. Uh, the, in Los Angeles, there is a sex club called the Slammer. Wow. Okay. Have you heard of the Slammer? Wow. No, I haven't heard of the Slammer, but I have heard of uh, the Zone. Okay. The, there's also Same the idea. Zone. Okay. Uh, the Slammer is like <laughs> – Sorry, pouring water from <laughs> my gas. The water feature plug, plug, plug. is making noise. Uh, okay. And it's, it's like uh, – it's on a weird part of Beverly – Ooh, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like sort of if you're down – this is going to not be interesting to non-LA people. But when, when you're going south on the 101 and there's like the, the cartoon neon uh-huh. thing of the guy who's about to hit the mouse with a hammer. Yeah. Like it's very near there. Things and get it, gritty over there. Things get real gritty and yeah. real over yeah. there. Right? So – and it's and it's one of those things – it's like – it's – I'm not going to say that I've never gone through the door. 
because I have. Okay. Right? It's there. It's a thing to be seen. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and I what I will say is that it's always a better idea in theory. <laughs> sure. You know what I mean? As all these things yeah. are. You like you go in and it's you know, it's a younger person's game, generally. Okay. You go in and you're just like, this is gonna be great. And it's like it's it's just immediately the, the reality of it hits you and it's fucking freaky, right? And, and it's not freaky. Listen, if you want to, if that's your thing, great. Sure, God but bless. It, it just typically does not live up to the incredible, you know, 70s movie fantasy uh-huh, that's uh-huh. in your head, right? Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, the 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 last time, whatever, the last time I went, I've been like two or three times. Okay. The last of them, I was stoned and I, I oh. took a wrong turn trying to leave. And it, like, it's like a maze. They're all like labyrinths. Yeah. Right? So I took a wrong turn and I couldn't find the way out. And I was like, oh, I, this is hell. I'm in hell. Yeah. This, this is, I, it, it, yeah. We, we've talked to enough Catholic people on this show. We all believe we're going to be punished by God. That, I was like, this is, I, I am doomed to roam these halls for eternity. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, this goes back a few years. Uh, ben was on the Warped Tour, right? So uh-huh. he was gone for like six weeks. He uh-huh. and his band were, were on the Warped Tour. And we're, you know, I mean, we're, you know, we're not like crazy open, but we're right. like basically open, Open-ish. right? So he'd been gone for like a month and I'd been out with friends and I had a bunch of wine and I was like, I want to go to the Slammer, right? And are you announcing this to your friends or is this a no, private thing? this okay. is in my head. I'm like, I'm going to go, yeah. Yeah. right? Because yeah, yeah. that's the only condition you would ever really go of course. in. Yeah. Late at night when it seems like a good idea. Yeah. So I'm like, I want to go to the Slammer, right? Yeah. So and this this predates Lyft and Uber, so I would have to call a taxi to my house and give oh. an address and whatever. And I don't have the address off the top of my head, so so I like look it up, and uh, and instead of going, I fall asleep on my couch with my <laughs> shoes on. Right. So the next morning, uh, I wake up again on my couch, mouth dry, disgusting. Uh, the news breaks like five minutes after I wake up that Amy Winehouse has died. Oh God! Right. Wow. So it was that Saturday morning or Sunday morning. And uh, and I was like – and this was kind of early in Twitter or early in my uh-huh, experience with uh-huh. Twitter when I was still enough of a ghoul to be like, I'm going to be the you know the, the RIP Amy Winehouse yeah. and like link to the obit and get yeah. all the retweets or whatever, of right? Course. So like – so I look up the CNN story, the New York Times story or whatever and uh, RIP Amy Winehouse, uh, copy a link, send it out into the world. Oh, God. Like 30 seconds later, a total stranger is like – uh, that link does not go where it, oh my God. where it actually goes is to the website for the slammer oh <laughs> to, to look up the address. Oh so, actually, two people. The first was a total stranger. The second was Ben. No kidding from his oh tour bus, right? Which I mean, like, not mad, but just like uh, Dave, yeah. dummy. Yeah. So like, so I feel all of the blood in my head <laughs> leave my head and go toward my stomach, and I and I delete it immediately. And one person has re- has retweeted it. So you can't get it back. One it's- person has retweeted it, and it's a stranger. So so I contact that stranger. I, I immediately follow that stranger uh-huh. so that I can DM that stranger uh-huh. and say, uh, "Would you take that down? Because what happened? What yeah, happened was a yeah. was a simple mistake in which I I did not link to the actual story. And uh-huh. Do it again. So it's like sure, and he and he took it down, and nothing ever happened. But I was like, this is how I get on Perez Hilton. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this. Finally, I'll get. Finally, Toll Road will know who I am <laughs> because I I tweeted a link to to a filthy club <laughs> on Beverly Boulevard with the, with the yeah. caption R.I.P. Amy Winehouse. Yes. Also in my head, I was like, Do I play it off like? That's my statement. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, on yeah, on yeah. what we've done to her. <laughs> like we put her in the slammer. Yeah. You know what or I mean? Like, like 
but but I do think Amy would appreciate all. I this. think she would. I think in the in in the hereafter, she was uh, roaring with laughter. I so did so. the stranger take it down? Mm-hmm. That's Never heard another thing about it. Wow. Never heard another thing about it uh, until today. <laughs> so now I've released that story back out into the wild. That is a textbook unsent. Yeah. And you'll understand why I don't want to do that on camera. I <laughs> would rather do that yes. here. Yes. Among, you know. A safe space. In a safe space. Yeah. Um, because the, the, uh, the, 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 thought, the, the concept of my mother discovering what podcasts are and listening – it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? But could she find you on Comedy Central webpage? No. Well, maybe not. Okay. No. Well, no, then, probably not. In that case, we probably are going to shake you down to do it. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Well, I don't know. We'll, we'll discuss it. An amazing, don't tell her. Amazing story. Oh, my God. It's the worst. It's the worst. Uh, Should we take a break? Let's take a break. I need one. Matt, you look terrific. Thank you so much. You also look terrific. Thank you so much. Wearing an exceptional uh, flannel plaid shirt and a very nice jean. A good jean. Yes. And you've got a really snazzy uh, kind of a button down. Yeah, this is a button down with some kind of embroidery, detail-y things. Yeah, I really like it. It's got texture. It's got depth. We got these from Bombfell. Yes, we did. Bombfell is an easier way for men to get better clothes. Here's how Bombfell works. It is an online personal styling service that helps men find the right clothes for them. All you got to do is fill out a quick little questionnaire, and there are no wrong answers. It's just about what you like. These are opinion questions. space. And then a dedicated personal stylist will hand-pick pieces specifically for you. Yes, and then you viewed your selections. Then you've got 48 hours. You make any changes. You can cancel. You're in total control, and then you only pay for the clothes you keep. Uh-huh. You can get clothes uh, every month, every two months, every three months. Oh, my God. And Bombfell Bomb is on your side. Yes. Yeah, they they oh, they don't make money if you don't find something that you want to keep. I am keeping both of my items. I'll be keeping this shirt and wearing it every Day, maybe every other day. Yeah, I mean, I think you want you, you want to put some other things in there. Well, right. I mean, you want to wash the thing every now and then. But guys, definitely check out our picture of us with Riley from today's show because we're both wearing our bombfell clothes. These are full bombfell outfits. And here's the deal: we're negotiators, much yeah, like our right. president. We are very good at negotiating. <laughs> uh, so we got you a special offer: twenty five bucks off of your first purchase when you go to bombfell.com/homophilia. That's bombfell spelled B O M B F E L L dot com slash. Homophilia. Bombfell, open, and clothes. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Homophilia. We're back, we're back, we're back. We're back, and we're back with a very special guest. Uh, she the is a specialist. Writer. Yeah. Yeah, pretty. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's just say it. Let's, yeah, the yeah. specialist. Was on our Google Doc from a very early from stage. The, from the, on the first one. Uh-huh. The, uh, Gen 1. Yep. 1.0. Yeah. Uh, she's a writer for International Waters, a podcast that is near and dear to my heart. Oh, I've heard of that one. She's a writer, a, a, a stand-up comedian, mm-hmm. and, uh, and a kicker of ass. Riley Silverman. Hello. Thank Welcome. you. Welcome. When you said specialist, I was like, I am not a specialist in anything. I don't yeah, know. I, then I realized you were saying yeah, specialist. The most, mm-hmm. the most special. Which, that the means a lot. <laughs> Thank you. Actually, yeah. very happy about that. That's cool. Uh, what I was getting giddy about when you were mentioning Marsha Gay Harden, uh, Marsha Gay Harden <laughs> as well, Marsha uh-huh. P. Johnson, yeah. Yeah. was that I love that the apocryphal legend of her is that she's the one who threw the first brick. And yeah, I don't yeah, care if it's true or not. I right. don't care if it's not true. I believe, I, in my heart, that's true. That's, sure. But I was going to say there's a great drunk history about, about Marsha oh, and Sylvia. 
uh, and yes. it's told by Crystal West, and it's Alexandra Gray is is Marcia, yeah. and Trace Lissette is Sylvia, and That's it's fantastic. Right. So, oh man, yeah, Why, who, where where is the controversy about whether or not she threw the? Fr- who are the people who are saying no? Uh, Roland Emmerich, I think, and oh, his yeah. uh, production company. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I just think there's there's a lot of there's a lot of whitewashing that goes into the, the yeah. Stone Stonewall history, and yeah. unfortunately, because it is a very like folk kind of history, because yeah. it was a group of people who were not saying like you know not really recognized by the by the mainstream culture mm-hmm. the history is hard to get an exact thing on but yeah. like the the general consensus amongst at least like part of the queer population is that's definitely was like trans women of color especially like like sylvia and marcia and those people who were like they were there they were the ones like getting like harassed by the cops the most and they're the ones who are like screw this we're gonna fight back yeah and, right yeah right did you ever read that uh i think it was in the the daily news or the post like in the in the days after uh, uh, the the riots, just you know, checking in like uh, the queen bees are hopping mad or yeah. buzzing mad or something Uh-oh. like that. Like just the most condescending. Yeah, uh, it just it was like a look at the gay community, but it was just yeah. it was just dripping with like disdain. Yeah, I also like, and I don't. I think it has been maybe disproven the theory that it was uh, partially uh, spurred by the death of Judy Garland. Mm-hmm. That is not true. Right? I don't I think, think so. No. Well, <laughs> I, but I think I mean, yeah. you can, I, it probably had something to do with it. Yeah, there know? was an interesting point made in the when we rise, which I think came from the book that it was based on, and that was that the reason why Stonewall happened when it did uh-huh. was because the generation that rose up at Stonewall had already come out of the peace movement in the late '60s, like, and so. Essentially, it was the first generation of, like, queer people in America who had not been, like, told by the previous generation, like, no, we always just take it. Just keep your head down. They'll leave. You'll leave you alone when we mm-hmm. go back to our bar and it's fine. And this was the first generation that, like, hadn't really been through that process and had spent so many years, like, demonstrating already yeah. that when they were starting to get, like, hit on, like, hit upon and knocked down, they were like, well, we're not going to take this, right? We're just going to fight up like we did against the war or whatever. Yeah. And that's just, I don't know how true that is in the mm-hmm. long run, but I think it's an interesting point of view of, like, this generation was like, oh, wait, no one, we, like, no one told them we don't take it. So yeah. they just, they just didn't take it. Like, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Wow. Well, watch before the thing. we yeah. uh, dig in deeper, what are you, what's on your pop culture? What are you obsessed with these days? What are you watching, listening to? Um, I'm obsessed. Well, I'm, I'm excited for that documentary because I've been waiting mm-hmm. for it for a while. And knowing that's coming up on Netflix is making me very excited to finally yes. see it. Yeah, it's, it's been like on my radar for a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's one of those ones where like you hear about it and you're like waiting for it to show up in some form or to come to some festival close enough to me that I can go see it yeah. when I'm available. So that's a big one. Um, I'm a nerd, so I, I have been all about Star Trek Discovery. That's like my new big thing right now. I'm very excited. Really? Uh, and this week, uh, Anthony Rapp was was joined the cast, which he's the first openly – they haven't said it on the show yet, but he's supposedly the first openly gay character in Starfleet in like a TV series as opposed to a real quick reference to Sulu in the last film, which was almost like a throwaway and uh-huh. a kind of a nod to George Takai. But right. yeah, so wow. How many episodes are there? We're three in. Okay. And I, I am I am enough of a Trekkie that I committed to the the fee for the site, the all access on CBS to, to listen to it. I mean, to wow. watch it. Wow. I want to see it. So. That's great. And, and then also that way you can watch Wisdom of the Crowd anytime you yes, want. Yes, exactly. Anytime of the day or night. And I can watch any episode of Young Sheldon that I don't want to watch. So. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> the one they filmed on my street last week that I had to have deal with parking because of so. – um, well, Mercy. I, I, have a, I have a little spot, but still. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Not to brag. All right. So Star Trek Discovery. Okay. Yeah. What else? 
that's the big one right now. I'm excited that Curb Your, Curb Your Enthusiasm is back, but I haven't gotten a chance to watch the new episode yet. But mm-hmm. it's a show that I've always been a fan of as a comic. Thank so. you for not just saying Curb. Oh, I can't. Mm, I can't I do can't it either. Yeah, I can't either. I was just talking about this uh, with a friend. Like just when it, when it's yeah when when you got a when you got a um, sh- Parks and Rec. Yeah, I never felt like I was. Close enough friends with that show to give it. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. I, like yeah. I don't. I do the rec once in a while, only because I'm prone, as you just heard, to getting tongue tied. So sometimes I am someone who will just shorten a name so I don't have to deal yeah. with the like. Oh, there's always consonants coming out. I better just cut bait now and get uh, out of here. Uh-huh. Curb is the is the comedy community's version of of saying like Bobby De Niro or oh, whatever. Yeah, like, which is why I don't exactly. Yeah, yeah, and that I, drives I, me crazy. I think I wrote a joke in International Waters about Bobby De Niro. Like if you mm-hmm. call that, you're someone who thinks she knows him or whatever. Yeah, that was just the thing that came up. Yeah. Um, I will say with another pop culture thing that I'm into that's a couple months old at this point, I think, is I'm still obsessed with the new Kesha album. I think that oh, it's, it's great. fantastic, oh, wow. and I feel like it got a little overshadowed by reputation, and I don't I don't care for it. I'm not I here for it. It's a much better – it's exciting, and I'm, I'm in for it. So I, I wanted to get more – more listens is this now. the album with more. the uh, praying song? Yeah, I, I, I'm only even aware of that one song. Oh, oh it's listen, listen to the whole album. It's a great. It's a. It's it's got some songs that are very country to it, but it's got mm. some songs that are that are more dance pop still. It's it's start to finish a great album. And is, is this that weird the song only... about Godzilla at the end that, that that sounds like it's on a different like artist album, wow. but it's great. Can I honestly? I don't know if I've made it that far. Because I keep going back. Because track two is my favorite. So Which like, one so is I that? get off the top of my head. I can't. Uh, let him talk about it. Yes, I love it. With um, who is it? Uh, Eagles of Death Metal. I think yeah, I think so. Band on that. Whatever. Wow. It's so good. Uh, and so like, there there are a few where it gets a little country. Where I'm like, I'm gonna finish this album later. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah, go yeah. back to the song that I know that I love. I'm a little bit country. I yeah. and I, so I and I know you're a little bit rock and roll, but um, yeah, I I am, and I I don't listen to a lot of country anymore because I feel like most of the bands that are in the country would not appreciate my existence. So I, it's hard to get super into what's current. So I'm like a pop musician puts out an album with a country vibe to it. Like I love the Gaga Joanne album. Me too. Uh, Lady Gaga, since I don't abbreviate for familiarity reasons. <laughs> I think, uh, we, I but, think it's, uh, yeah, Gaga, Gaga we is, is, yeah. is yeah. safe. Yeah. That yeah. album was so good because I'm like, oh, I like having somebody whose artistic point of view I already am really into and yeah. then singing a, a song that like, because I, I was never a country nut as a kid. But my mom always had like the Garth Brooks CD in the car. It's like sure. that kind of country I love. So Anything with like that kind of feel to it, or like a good old like like a Dolly Parton kind of vibe to it, uh-huh. with a bit of like the alt rock that I'm into, love it. So yeah, it's there's great. a lot of that in that new uh, because you're Kesha from album. Ohio. Yes, I am too. Oh, we're from Ohio. Well, I'm from a tiny like a, vill- a village in southern Ohio called Waverly. You don't know it, do you? I don't you think know? so. Chillicothe, you know? Yeah, that I do know. The, which was our, our state's first capital. We're right below we're the next town below Chillicothe on Route 23. All right. Are you from? I have probably driven by your city many, many times because I've done a lot of 23 trips up and down the state for gigs oh, and stuff like that. Oh, then you've driven so. right through. Yeah. And where are you from? Columbus. Columbus. What yeah. part? Uh, I'm from a suburb outside Columbus called Pickerington. Of course. Yeah. I know Pickerington. <laughs> you do? Yes. Well, good I know, for you. I know. I was, I was born in Columbus. My best friend lives in uh, East Downtown. Shout out to Marari McKinney, who's wow. listening and loving. Um, yeah. Awesome. Damned. Oh, yeah. Did you watch the Gaga documentary? I have not yet. Okay. I, I should have not. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, should we? Uh, there's a. Eh, I don't know if it's a spoiler. Uh, no, there I, no I, I think I know what you're going to say. And I think, you know what, I'm gonna say? what do you think it, I'm going to say? I think that you're going to talk about when she plays the song Joanne yes. for her grandmother. Yes. 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 Let's talk about it. Okay. There's a moment in the Gaga documentary where, um, you know, it's all leading up to the release of Joanne and okay. 
also Joanne got overshadowed because everything gets overshadowed. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? There's like too there's much stuff. No, there's yeah. too much fucking stuff. So like that's a great album and there were there are a few singles, but we don't do singles like we used to do singles. Yeah. Everything comes out at once and then it's like the next week there's a new wave of shit that like washes over you and yeah. you can't keep up. You can't keep up. Anyway, um, so there's a song called Joanne on Joanne that's about Joanne. Yep. And it's and it's that was her father's it was her paternal aunt who died of, from complications of lupus. And uh and so she's completed this song about Joanne. And so she and she's got the whole film crew with her, and they go to her mother's like little, you know, retirement community apartment, and she's like, you know her grandmother's. Yeah. Yeah. She's like Gran Gran or whatever she calls her, mm-hmm. Nana, whatever. Um uh I'm gonna I'm gonna play you this song and it's about Joanne and and so like so she puts her fucking iPhone up to the old woman's ear and plays Wait, the whole even, thing. She doesn't play it for her live, she's no place to record. Plays the whole it? thing, wants her to hear the production. Okay. I guess Nana's real into so Nana's in a chair and Nana's Gaga real into Mark Ronson. Well, give her on, some headphones yeah. or something. Yeah. So it's just truly like I'm going to force you to feel something yeah. Yeah. about your dead daughter who I never met. Yeah. And so she, she literally she's just kneeling with her with her iPhone speaker in this yep. poor woman's face. And uh and then it ends and she's like, "Well, that's really beautiful. That's really beautiful. Don't get a, don't get maudlin about it though." Yeah. That was, that was 40 years ago. Cuz Gaga is crying. She's yeah. fe- I mean, she is like, you it's know, it's such a stark like you see the differences between generations yeah. in that moment. Yeah. Because like a, a woman that woman's age is just like it happens and it's terrible and it breaks yeah. your heart and you never talk about it again. Yeah. It's like yeah. everyone you know? we know died in a war. So yes. I don't talk about things exactly. anymore. Yeah. We, our feelings are dead. Yeah. I literally lost a your third Your kids of my will know how I feel. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and wh- whereas we just like go and, and create art and talk yeah. about it to therapists yeah. endlessly. Uh, probably neither is right and neither is wrong. Yeah. What I thought you were going to mention, because the only thing I've seen from the documentary before that is a shot of her in her kitchen and she's making breakfast and oh, she's yeah. wearing like the craziest outfit I've ever seen. It's like a bodysuit with leggings, but the leggings are like so low slung that like you can almost like see the part where yes. the bodysuit like wraps <laughs> yeah, back yeah, around. Yeah. Yes. And I'm just like yeah. fascinated by it. I'm like, yeah. how do these, first of all, First of all, I have I I'm a I have a crazy sense of style, so I don't judge anyone's style. But I'm like, how do these pants even stay up? And like, do you do yoga in those, or like, do you get grease on your inner thigh when you're yeah. when you're cooking with those things on? I just everything about it, I have so many questions. Oh, Kaka, yeah. I call me and let yeah. me know how these outfits work. You're gonna have a lot of fashion questions. Yeah. After this, uh, after this movie's over. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's great. It's worth seeing. It's a, it's a, yeah. it's, a, it's, a it's, it's well done. Yeah, she like, is. She seems incredibly annoying, but also yes. she's so talented uh-huh. and, uh, she, you know, she's, she's a, uh, she's got big feelings and she does. I, I respect that. I think yes, she has she that, that curse where she had to use that weirdness angle to get famous yeah. and now she's trapped in it. Like she doesn't yeah. know how to get out of that now. Like mm-hmm. she's not, she really just should just be a kind of singer who plays a piano and has like kind of like soulful music yes. that's like meaningful but instead she's like I have to show up at music festivals with an egg like I right. don't know what else to do exactly like, it's, yeah she plays a, she plays um a, like a piano a v- slowed down version of Bad Romance at Tony Bennett's birthday party it is like mind blowing and you're like oh this is the reason you're yeah you yeah. are who you are yeah um, uh, she she actually hit the perfect balance in the Super Bowl halftime show, which becomes yes, the focus yes. of the second half of the documentary. Yeah. And it was it was amazing. It was a little bit weird, yeah. but it was also like she hit every single mark. She hit every single note. They threw a fucking football at the end at the end of it, and she caught it yeah. while like plummeting. Yeah. Can you imagine if she didn't catch the ball? Oh god! They, they had to have had it like on a string, so like it landed right. In I, the don't hand, right? So. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think so. My favorite genre of pop star, I think, is the 
once dance craze style pop star who is now finding her soulful period. Like, I think mm-hmm. that's like what I go for. Like yeah. when Kelly Clarkson did it and sure, when, yes. when now it's, now it's Kesha before it was Lady Gaga. Like that is my, yeah. that's my thing. But like, not yeah, all of when, them can do it. Cause not all of them have the vocals to back it up. For sure. You know, but even then I kind of like it cause I like hearing them try. Yeah. Sure, I, give, really I give, I give them the, yeah. the credit for it. It's so fantastic. we're all just basically waiting for the nervous breakdown so that we can get the really good record. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Okay, cool. Hey, breakdown um, watch. Speaking of nervous breakdowns and halftime shows. Yes. This is our halftime. We're going to take a break and then we're going to come back and we're going to uh, take a very intrusive dive into Riley's love life. Oh, I love it. Matt, that's the best segue I've ever Thank heard in my so life. so much. I loved it. The BRB. Stitcher Premium is entering the musical podcast space. What? The emerging musical podcast space, Matt, with a new three-part series called Stolen Idea, written by Matt Besser and Bobby Matthews. Two of the greats. Stolen Idea is a comedy punk rock musical that covers the theft of intellectual property in both the music and comedy worlds. Mm -hmm. Story follows a stand-up comedian and a rock musician. They're both approaching 40. They're fearful that their time to make it is running out. Have I ever been there? Oh, baby, oh, baby. Earlier today. I mean, one of them has his idea stolen. The other is the stealer of an idea. Mm-hmm. It's produced and mixed by Earwolf's lead sound engineer, Brett Morris. And, and there's a got, soundtrack. Yes. 17 songs. Yeah. Scott Ackerman, Paul Rust, uh, <gasps> James Adomian, <gasps> uh, Mike Cassidy, Harris Whittles, <gasps> Daniel Schneider, Mike Still, oh, many, many more. God. Listen to it on Stitcher Premium. You can get a, a month of Stitcher Premium for free. When you go to stitcherpremium.com slash stolen, enter the promo code HOMOPHILIA. That's right. That's stitcherpremium.com slash stolen. Offer code HOMOPHILIA. Oh, baby, baby. Welcome back. Here we go. Here we go, guys. Riley, where? how, how are you feeling in this moment? Are you ready to answer some very intrusive questions? I think so. About your, yeah. personal, about your personal life, about sure. your love Let's life. Let's do it. What's your current dating status, relationship status? Uh, current status... I don't know right now. I, I, there is there is someone on the radar, but it's very new, and we're both kind of at a point where we're like, I don't want to, I don't want to say things to invade her privacy because uh-huh. she's not a she does not signed off on that. Uh-huh. So I don't know yet. We it's it's very early. We both like each other, and we're kind of seeing where it goes from here. So okay. how did you meet? Yeah. Um, she has been a fan of mine from in Ooh. comedy, and uh, she's very. I, I, I'm afraid to say much more. I don't want to like give away details of her purse of right, her. Right, right. So, um, but we've been friends on Facebook for a while, okay. and then she, it's actually she lives in a different city, and she actually reached out to me like, "Hey, next time you're in my city, you should we should get together." And so it's been from there. So, okay, that's, yeah. interesting. So, wow. what is that like being in a relationship with someone who uh, who who knows you better than you know them? I haven't. We haven't gotten that far yet to where I'd even use the R word yet. So I don't know. Um, but it is a relationship. Yeah. Even interacting with somebody that's yeah. like a fan. It is definitely. I mean, I, I now I feel like I'm like reducing her. Like she's a fan. Like I don't <laughs> no, want to be like no. that. But yeah, um, it's it is interesting because there is a certain part of me that feels like 
oh, and now I feel like I need to like read up on you on your Facebook, but I also don't want to do that. Like, so like mm-hmm. so far, like I have very much like kind of kept myself from doing that because I'm like, I will wait until there's things that she wants to share with me before I look into it. Mm-hmm. So I've mostly just used her Facebook to like look at pictures of her while I'm talking to her and, and swoon a little bit. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it is it is a little bit weird because I'm always like, am I going to bore her when I tell her stories about me because she's already like seen me? Because I post a lot about my life and I don't, have, I'm not afraid to. Right. So it is weird to be like, do you know all this already? Like there was something yeah. recently that came up where I, I said something and she's like, well, you always handle that very well. And on my head, I'm like, oh God, what, wait, what all does she know about me that I don't oh, know that she knows? So, yeah. so it is a little weird, but it's cute though. It's but fine. On the other hand, it's like you can court, sort of skip the the awkward step of filling out a dating profile because you have your comedy. I mean, you have a, a the perfect dating profile where people can really see what you're about. That's true. It's probably a better representation of me than a dating profile is because yeah. I always have those stupid things you have to like fill out. Like, yeah. like what? What are the five? What are the your favorite movies, restaurants? And like, Oof. no one cares. Like, that does not help. So, uh-huh. so did you do that before com- or even during comedy? Do like the OK Cupids and the Tinders of the world? Yeah, I, I have definitely. I actually had to change my OK Cupid account last year because I had started it originally pre-transition, and I still had the old username, and they wouldn't let me change it without paying for a new account, like or paying for the oh, like wow. a list account. So I just cleared it, started a new account with a new name. And I'm actually glad because I had been on OkCupid for so long that like I answered so many questions and stuff that it had these weird algorithms for me. So it was kind of nice to start from scratch and have this one that was way more focused on like being a, like a lesbian and not Uh being a a, a lesbian pretending to be a straight man for part of her life. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's actually, I'm I'm actually hoping that I don't have to do that ever again. (laughs) Like I would like, (laughs) I would like to meet people organically in life, but I do for a long time. I think when I was, still beginning transition and had a lot of like weirdness about how I looked and stuff like that. I think it was good to have online dating because it actually was like a way of filtering out people who would have a problem with. Right. Yeah. You know what you're signing up for. Like yeah. you're, yeah, you're, you're putting it out there from the job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so when, when, when was transitioning for you? I mean, when did that all start? I mean, it's, it's still a process that I'm in. I came out as trans about eight years ago, and I started actually on hormones about two and a half years ago. Okay. So I was living for a good chunk of that time just, like, without any sort of, like, actual physical changes to my body and just yeah. presenting as feminine as I could or or not feminine, but yeah. Um, and now I'm just living more as myself, and I've been physically changing. And I'm I'm finally at a point where I'm starting to feel like I blend a little more. Like, I think my, my laser is starting to kick in a little bit, and I've been on hormones long enough that I think, like, you know, I'm never going to play fully read as like a cis woman, but I think that like if I'm like in a group, no one like clocks me as like not a woman anymore, which is kind of nice. It's starting yeah. to happen more and more. Right. How how else do you meet people? Like, I'd love to find out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I I mean, the, the last few people I have dated have been online dating. Mm-hmm. I a couple of people that have been like I, I dated a I let her long distance thing last year. I had a friend of mine who kind of confessed like I kind of have a crush on you, and like I was like oh I kind of do too, and then we kind of saw it from there. I. I've had one like pickup at a bar in my like in my life pretty much, but like Tell recently it was actually after a uh, after our friends uh, Jordan Jesse Go had a live show and I yeah. performed on the live show and I actually kind of had like a little bit of a groupie situation not groupie but like I had uh, like a little gaggle of ladies who wanted to talk to me after the show and and I ended nice. up uh, having some yeah and it was funny because uh, there was one there was a woman that I ended up hooking up with but. Uh, at the end of the night, a friend of ours um, was leaving, and she like 
didn't come say goodnight to me because she didn't want to like interrupt the flow. And I got, and oh I actually God. had texts from both a producer from Max Fun and <laughs> our friend uh, Danielle Radford, and they were both saying the exact same thing. Like, oh, we wanted to come say hi, say goodbye, but we didn't want to mess up your game. Oh, I love by that. Groupies. So, love yeah, that. it was it was fun. So that's love that's a been a person. thing that I've never had happen in comedy, and I know a lot of our comics who have. Right. Yeah. So my it's it's weird. The last year, especially my entire like perspective on dating has flipped completely because I used to always be very like <clears throat> I, I was always still approaching it pre-transition now that I'm like very comfortable identifying as a queer woman and this is like where I am and I now I know my my dating pool better I think it's it's just like it's a lot easier and it's a lot more natural I don't feel like I'm forcing it like I, I think it's funny looking back on my life prior to like I took a break from dating for a couple of years while I was figuring out my hormone situation and stuff like that. But everything prior to that, I was essentially a lesbian trying to hit on straight women all the time. Mm -hmm. And that's like not who I was. And that's why it didn't work. And so now that I've tried like really like living my own as myself, I'm meeting the women who are actually in like my demographic, I guess, to put it. In yeah. a weird term. Did you yeah. ever? Did you have serious relationships with women pre-transition? No, I actually still haven't. The longest that I've been with anybody really in my life is like two months, and okay. uh, I had one relationship that went like a little bit longer, but it was kind of a. I was moving to LA, and I was kind of half out of the closet. I had come out as trans, but I wasn't sure if I was going to transition. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of more of a cross-dressery kind of vibe back then. And we dated for a few months very casually, but I was also with the knowledge that I was moving to Los Angeles in a few months so we couldn't yeah. really get serious and then it kind of just fizzled out towards the end. Mm-hmm. And did you feel like you had to come out twice that you like weren't not only were you transitioning but you're now identifying as queer, you know, as opposed to before when you're being seen as a straight guy? I think so. I think the assumption that if you're a trans woman, the assumption is that you're going to be into men. Yeah. And I think it was it was a, it's been a little bit interesting for people to understand that I am actually attracted to women because I I don't want to say that I was a straight guy because I did identify as bisexual before I transitioned. And it's mm-hmm. interesting because I think the the way the hormones have affected me, they've kind of shifted my sexuality, but they've actually shifted me deeper down the Kinsey scale instead oh, of interesting. up it. So, wow. So you do you dated guys previously, but now it- – Dated's a strong term, but okay, I, okay. yeah, I, yeah I, had, I, I had attraction to men. I I'd fooled around here and there, but now that attraction's like been erased by – Waned. Yeah, yeah. I, think, or, I think what it was is back then I could be into men like in a casual way and it was fine, but like I still was like romantically interested in women. And now I very much need that romantic interest for the other interests to kind of click in. Mm-hmm. So because the – that's the case now. The attraction to men is like erased completely. Like I, there's 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 men that I used to find attractive that now I look at them like I don't even see it anymore. Yeah. I don't even know. Sorry, so. fellas. Mm-hmm. Sorry, fellas. <laughs> or congratulations, fellas. <laughs> We're in a great position in that you get to, you kind of get to put all of yourself out there. You get to yeah. like get your perspective out into the world on a stage very yeah. directly. You know what I mean? So you can sort of. I, I'm, I'm just I'm thinking of like, is there such a thing as a trans community where you can sort of go in and and like and meet people and have you know and have mentors and be a mentor and flirt and all that kind of thing that sort gay men kind of have yeah whether we use it or not uh, and I don't know whether that kind of thing exists but you can sort of create that in a show atmosphere there is, there is starting to be more of that I think the trans community is still somewhat splintered more than I think other queer groups are but mm-hmm. I think that we're getting to be a little more combined now I don't 
date exclusively trans people. Like I, I right. date, but yeah. I, I kind of date the spectrum of, of anyone who's like basically queer femme identified as kind of like my market, you uh-huh. know, my market. Um, <laughs> right. That's my, my demographic. But yeah, I do think that like with shows, there is, there is more of a space and it's more the ability to create a space where trans women or trans men or non-binary people feel more comfortable at a comedy show than they used to. Like, right. um, our, our mutual friend, I think Guy Brand, wrote a really great piece about um, in response to like the whole – the PCness and comedy argument. Uh-huh. And he was basically saying how like people like us used to be chased out of comedy clubs mm-hmm. and like people who were, would, would be our audiences don't feel safe going to them because of that. And now we're finally getting to a generation where I think like LGBTQ people – feel more comfortable going to a comedy show that's not specifically at a gay bar yeah, or, uh-huh. and I think it's great so I and do like that element. there are these people that are sort of kicking and screaming like I miss the days that I could make a fag joke and you know yeah and, yeah and we're supposed to feel bad for them. Right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm so and sorry. Like, and, yeah. and they and like and they have a car elevator. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just like fully in a building. Yeah, yeah. in New York City. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm supposed to feel bad for you because you said gay and people didn't just fall over themselves laughing. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Sorry, buddy. And sorry. I always have this argument like, well, the whole room tenses up when you bring it up at all. And I'm like, yeah, yeah but comedy is relieving tension. So if you have a good joke, that ten- them tensing up is a favor to you as long as you have a punchline that will release that tension. That's yeah. what good comedy is about. Exactly. Yeah. God damn it. God damn it. We get so frustrated. What, and did you come out after moving to L.A.? No. I actually lived for about 10 months in Ohio after coming out. Really? Yeah. I don't I, – Columbus, Ohio is actually a very progressive That's city. True. And Columbus it has a very cool. good queer scene. Yeah. I actually liked the gay scene there better than I think I find it here only because it was a little more – merged it wasn't yeah. as because it because it's a smaller city and the market it, it's not like here it feels like there's very much like the clubs for gay men and yes. there's nowhere for lesbians to go mm-hmm. and then there's like they're starting to get some more but they're all like dance clubs but yeah. i remember going out to bars where it was just like everybody here is lgbtq yeah. but no one's like like this is not necessarily like it might be a lesbian bar right. but there was plenty of people across the spectrum it's not like la where you know gay white cis guys kind of run the scene yeah you know at the at the biggest bars and there's like problems with lesbians feeling like a lot of times we're Mm -hmm. not allowed into spaces and stuff like that like there's some of that issues going on but you know sucks but so were you going to the union a lot in columbus a little bit and there was a place that's not there anymore called the east village that was like my spot that i like to go and i was still kind of closeted for a while but i my friend lauren was a freshly out lesbian so that was kind of our place to go so i would i would dress up on in femme and then Mm -hmm. she and i would go there and we it was a really cool little spot and now it's now i think it was right by where the union was but yeah it was Um, cool but and it sounds like your your family's cool Took them some time, yeah. but they're cool now. Yeah. Right. It, I think actually it was easier on my mom once I really started to like move towards transitioning. I mm-hmm. think when she thought I was just a crossdresser, it was hard for her to like go like, well, why can't you just not wear the clothes? Right. Mm-hmm. But now that like she knows that like I identify as a woman and this is who I am, she's like way more on board with it. So which is good. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know coming from rural Ohio, it ain't easy. No. Yeah. no and it's if not. you lucked out with uh, you know, open minded parents, then you it's you know, yeah, rare. yeah. It took a while, but it it it's in a much better place now. And now it's actually my mom's actually flying out here next weekend to to oh, go see fun. Hamilton with me. So oh, nice, oh, yeah. I'm really excited our, about our it. Actually, friend Rory O'Malley, our friend yeah. and former guest Rory O'Malley will be there. Right. Asking Great. George, boo. Uh. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I I would imagine that social spaces in a place like Columbus would be automatically better than they would it's be so here bad. or in New York because. You do. You have to work a little harder 
in those places. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not just given to you. Yeah. yeah. Here it's kind of like there's a place for you to go. And you either love it or you hate it, and that's, you know, yeah. e- either way it kind of defines you in some way. Like in a, in a Columbus, in a St. Louis, whatever, you have to you have to work kind of hard to find your space. Yeah. You have to have some strength that you don't necessarily have to have here. Well, I yeah, know. I think there was also like just a sense of people actually talking to each other mm-hmm. there. Yeah. That mm-hmm. here, even pre like cell phone culture, it was – I remember going out to bars and you're, you're kind of there with the hopes of meeting guys. But it's the idea that you would go – that you would approach a guy or that a oh, guy would ridiculous. approach you was like obscene. Why would you ever? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've never they're... approached a woman at a club here and like actually tried to make something happen with her. I don't – like I'm terrified of that. Like and I – you know, in my, I also have in my head a whole thing of like well, does she see me as a woman and like – then like so that's all yeah, running yeah, around yeah, in my yeah. head in the background. Yeah. And so well, yeah. It sounds like now you can just do a comedy show and let them come to you. Yeah, that's apparently. exactly right. Right. Yeah. yeah. You send up a flare. What yeah. what do you look for when you when you're in when you're in a social space? What do you look for? What catches your eye, right? I don't know. Because every every woman that I've dated has been very different from each other. Mm-hmm. And every so I don't know if I have like a type. Um I don't know if I have like, oh she's walking with a limp. Let me go for her. I don't know. I don't know what that would be. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh yeah, I think and also it seems like I'm getting approached more than I'm approaching. So I don't even, I think I'm looking for someone who's willing to talk to me. I don't uh-huh. know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Look, I've look. never, I've literally never walked up to a stranger and like tried to pick her up. Like, yeah, I've no, never done that no. in my life. So I don't know what I would look for. I that honestly. terrifying. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah, think that I wait for someone to come talk to me. Yeah. And that's been my game, which is probably why I've only been in a few <laughs> short relationships in my yeah. life. Yeah. But. And yet when it's done to you, it's like, oh, this is great. Yeah. This yeah. is so easy and great. Yeah. You know? And like, and you respect the person for doing it. You know, I've never bought anyone a drink ever, but like when it, it has been done for me, it's like, all right. Yeah. Like this person. Okay. I mean, I, I like have a little guy. bit of that, that, you know, sort of self-hating thing where I'm like, what's wrong with you that sure. you would want to talk to me, even sure. though I saw you before from across the bar and I was like, I wish he, and then yeah. you did. Uh-huh. And that's a whole other. Yeah. It, that's, yeah, that's yeah. a. That's a, that's the Matt McConkey episode of this show, yeah, we'll which we should do. That. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm always impressed when people are able to do that, and, yeah. it, and it, yeah. like it makes that person stand out, and yet I'll never do it. I've done it I've by never. accident, I think, where I'll be talking to somebody, and then I realize, oh, I was actually hitting on this person, and yeah. I don't even realize that I'm doing it until mm-hmm. like because I I can I had this thing where like. The idea of initiating flirting is really scary for me, but once I'm in it or, like, once I've had, like, any sort of, like, green light, I'm actually really good at it. Yeah. Like, it's a weird – and, like, the more and more I'm dating people who are in my, like, target audience mm-hmm. – I don't know how to phrase it, but uh, <laughs> I I think that I – I've been told that I'm good at it. So uh-huh. I've been told, like, that I have some I have some game. I think uh-huh. I just need to be told that I'm allowed to be in the game first. You're a comedy writer. Yeah. You have game. Yeah. You have you. banter. Yeah. You got the bants. You have an edge <laughs> on all of the other. Yeah. My my, my current interest, uh, she and I, our, our main game seems to be sending each other gifts of women we both find attractive. Yeah. Like that's, been a, that's been a really fun little system we've got I going like on. That. Oh, what gifts are you sending? Uh, there's a lot of uh, Mary Louise Parker from Weeds. Wow. Great. Who is tragically, she's somehow like a really major lesbian icon, even though she's tragically very heterosexual seeming. So Can yeah. you unpack but, that? Because that does sound, that does resonate with me as true. But yeah. why is that? I think she's just been in a lot of projects that are very like gay friendly, and she's also just extremely attractive yeah. and and someone who has who has aged very well, mm-hmm. and yeah, and so and she just kind of has an attitude about her that I think is very appealing. Yeah, yeah, interesting. And doesn't it doesn't hurt that for like multiple years of weeds, there were just a lot of great pictures of her posted all around Los Angeles nonstop. So I yeah. think that might help a little bit. Yeah, a guardian angel. Yeah, who else? 
Oh, uh, a lot of 90s ingenues. A lot of Winona Ryder. A lot right. of, yeah. And that, what a golden age. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, uh, actually, that's, that's, what I, that's how it kind of started was we were messaging, and I think we were both kind of trying to figure out if this was, like, flirting or just talking about, like, hanging out. Mm-hmm. Or, or, more likely, she 100% knew what was happening and was tired of waiting for me to figure it out. But we were, I said something to her where I was kind of floating a balloon, like, and then she sent me back Winona Ryder in Heather's eating licorice and kind of grinning. And I'm like, okay, this is on. And that's, like, yeah. where it started. So I love wow. it. Winona yeah. doing the flirting for you. It was, it was a pretty wonderful thing to have happen. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's beautiful. So, and you, I, I know you've said that you've had shorter relationships, but would you like to have a longer one? Yeah. I mean, I think that's the, actually, it's strange. I always saw myself being someone who was like looking for like a long-term thing and yeah. looking for intimacy and stuff like that. And so it's, it's funny because I think a lot of it has to do with having been closeted for so long and having been hiding myself away that I was always kind of never fully present. Yeah. And again, I was dating straight women when I was younger and yeah. I was not what I was not a straight man. Yeah. So it, there was always that feeling of like, Oh, we're not really a hundred percent connecting yeah. and something doesn't feel right. And I think, cause I will say that dating especially in the last year has felt so much more organic and yeah. so much more like the stuff that didn't work out this year just didn't work out because of other reasons. Like there was incompatibility issues mm-hmm. and there was like some trust issues and stuff like that, which will happen with anybody. Yeah. But the actual like process of starting to date and get to know somebody just feels so much more like this just works now. Yeah. It's really interesting. So did you ever feel like you had to go back to like one of these straight women who maybe got their heart broken because, you know, after transition, you know, you, you, you realize it after the fact why it didn't work out? I don't, I don't think so because it was still always kind of them doing the rejecting. I, I've only rejected like a couple of women in my life. Right. And one of them I was actually very honest with when we broke it off. I'm like, I'm kind of dealing with all this stuff and I don't yeah. know. And I, I kind of said like, I think I need to figure this out before I can really pursue anything else. And yeah. she was a straight woman. So I think it would not have worked out in the long run anyway. But This is one of the rare instances where you're like, it's not you, it's me, but it, genuinely it's me. Yeah, like, it's, I, it's yeah. me because I'm yeah. not me. Yeah. 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 Right. So, yeah. I need to become me. Yeah. Wow. So did, were there b- big heartbreaks for you? There were a few. There were, there were a few, but I think there's also, it's probably, I mean, it's, there's definitely a couple. It was one about five years ago now that really devastated me for a while because mm-hmm. she kind of threw a lot of my my trans stuff that I was still figuring out what I was going to do with back in my face when we broke it off, even though it was stuff that she knew about me going into everything. And that definitely, like, first of all, it pushed me back in the closet for at least a year as far as moving towards transitioning. Oh, fuck. And it, like, made me afraid. It definitely made me feel for a while that I would never find someone who accepted me because, like, even someone who I thought was going to be cool with it suddenly yeah. wasn't. Uh-huh. And it was really weird. And because at the time I was still using male pronouns for the most part and kind of just living this kind of very gender fluid mm-hmm. life. And I thought that would be enough. I really believed for a long time that if I could just cope with it in that way, I would need more. And it's again, it's probably better off in the long run that we didn't stay together because she might have kept me from transitioning even longer yeah. than I than she did as she so did. So what was but. the stuff that she's throwing back in your face afterward? Like you you, you don't even have your pronouns figured out, or or what was the No, it was that she basically because she was bisexual. And she had said to me that, like, when we were making out, she goes, she goes, no matter how hard I try, I can't see you as a man we make out. Like, making out, like, he feels like making out with a woman, and that's mm-hmm. throwing me off. And in my head, like, 
I'm kind of subconsciously like that's what I that, that's yeah, because yeah, that's what course. I am and like but I didn't have the language yet or the confidence to mm-hmm. go yeah that makes sense like can you just see me as a woman and that can be what we do from now on mm-hmm. and she was still seeing me as a man who just wore dresses sometimes and right. that's not what worked but it's it's interesting because even as someone who still has a little bit of facial hair I have been told. Again, recently, when I was kissing someone, she's like, "You kiss like a woman." I'm like, "Cause I am a woman. Yeah, like that's yeah, who I yeah, am. Yeah. Like that's why I do that." Yeah, turns you, out, I guess. yeah, yeah, hi, yeah, that's who you're dating. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, uh, when this post, we say this to all the single <laughs> guests: get ready for those that's DMs. That's exactly <laughs> right. Blow up. That's exactly right. Yeah, we're we're yeah. hooking them up left and right. Yeah. I can't actually confirm that that's true. Yeah. But uh, we might be. I will say sex I, is way better now. Like, I don't know if that's the I'm thing sure. we're going to get to or if that's Let's like, yeah. Uh, I mean, no, listen. Let me just tell you about sex. I we didn't, didn't I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't want to be presumptuous, Let's but dive no. in. Um, it's weird because the way that estrogen affects the trans female body is really interesting. And um, essentially, okay, so the nerve cluster that. Because you know how like fetuses at one point are kind of the same, and then based on what hormones and chromosomes you kind of developed, male or female organs, Mm -hmm. but they're the same parts at one point. So the nerve cluster that is at the head of the penis is the same nerve cluster that is in the clitoris. Mm -hmm. And if you fire estrogen at that for like a year and a half or so, it figures that out. And so what I say on stage is that right now I'm literally rocking a clitoris on a pole. Uh And so (laughs) that's insane. And then also just like in general – my body is so much more sensitive to things now and like like what is essentially was, was like maybe making out beforehand is like the act for me now like things yeah. like like foreplay is sex for me which I, mm-hmm. I've been then which I've been told is actually pretty common for like lesbian sex uh-huh. and that and there's a lot of like just parts of my body that are like way more reactive to things than they used to be to where it can be almost too much where like I get something get tickled very easily too uh-huh. but it's it's fascinating and I I never really liked sex before I transitioned. I always kind of because I the way people approach sex with with at least as far as like binary identities go, like I don't know, I can't speak for non-binary people, but like for men and women, I think that with people when people think they're having sex with a man, there's always a focus right on the on the penis. Like that's yeah. just where it goes. Very fast too. Mm-hmm. And I never cared for that because that's the one spot of my body that I'm like, I wish that this wasn't the way that it was. And mm-hmm. so I had a lot of issues with that. And like, it would always take me out of it a little bit. And I would kind of lose the enjoyment level a little bit and couldn't finish. It was weird. And then, but now that I feel things the way that I do, especially the last year and a half or so, it's just really intense and it's amazing. And like, I, it's like, I finally in my life understand the, appeal of sex and why sex is so prevalent in our culture because it's really good feeling uh-huh. it's amazing uh-huh. yeah and i never knew that until like the last year and a half yeah, yeah. so you're going through puberty essentially yeah wow. essentially yeah wow wow amazing it's very impressive it's like a second puberty and a better mm-hmm. one yeah okay yeah right. so like whose poster is on your wall uh, <laughs> uh, well, I have downstairs, I have the Wonder Woman poster from the movie that came out this year. Great. Um, and, uh, ooh, uh, I'm a nerd. So I've yeah. got like, like, uh, Jen Erso, uh, Felicity Jones from the last Star Wars movie. That's sure. the thing. Sure. Um, it's funny cause I, I had a huge thing for 
specifically Kate McKinnon's character Holtzman in Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. And like that was one because I things were starting to, to like click on for me when that movie came out. And there was like a, there's a scene in the movie where she's like licking her guns and going into battle. Oh, yes. And I was like fidgeting in my seat in the theater. Like I don't like what is my body doing right now? This is crazy. Yeah. Um, like and I, the joke I said on stage about it is that if I had a working vagina, I would have drowned that theater in that moment. Like, it, was, <laughs> it was nuts. And what's funny is people will keep sending me Kate McKinnon things. And the thing is, Outside of Ghostbusters, I just kind of see – I don't objectify her, so I just see her as a person, yeah. and I don't I don't get that same feeling. But when I watch that movie, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. But then this Vanity Fair photo shoot came out this week where she's wearing like this like denim outfit, and she's like leaning against the back of this tr- – and yeah. I'm like, okay, now I'm back on this train again. Like yeah. what is happening yeah, to me right now? Once again. Yeah, it is. It is, And she has like this – there's a shot where she's like – Sitting in a full suit, it's very like a very Marlena Dietrich yeah. kind of shot, and it's just like okay, okay, Kate McKinnon, you're starting to creep back up into my actual. That's like, a pretty good in. celebrity. She's one Beautiful of the best mystery. we have. Yeah, yeah. she's yeah, fucking she's great, a legitimate treasure. Yeah, you're a huge Doctor Who. I am fan. I am literally a, a, a who, purse. I was trying to think of it. Yeah, Whovian. Oh, geez, I didn't even, yeah. yeah, a Whovian. Oh, is this the yeah. Doctor Who purse? Yeah, Wait, it's, t- it's the TARDIS. This. Yeah, oh. it's the police box, and here's the little like gadgets of time or yeah. whatever. They actually just, the most recent companion of Doctor Who was a lesbian, so I was a big fan of that happening. And yeah. there's a new female Doctor starting next year. Right. I'm very excited about it. Right. And that is a show that is about regeneration. It is. It is about, you know, finding new bodies for your spirit to inhabit. Yes, I have is- a tattoo on my arm that says Deep Breath, and it's an episode of Doctor Who where the cur- the current and soon to be departing Dr. Peter Capaldi. It was his first episode, and there it was the year that I was about to start hormones. Like I was making appointments to go talk to doctors and stuff like that about it and scheduling it. And there's a scene in that episode where he has just regenerated. He's like a new person, and he's looking at this woman who knew him before, and he's saying to her. Um, you, you're looking right at me and you can't see me. And do you understand how hard that is? And I'm just like sobbing at that because that is sure. like the exact definition for me of my life of like this whole time I've been here and no one has seen me. Yeah. And and so that shows natures of, yeah, the body changing. And so to have gone through that period with the show and like – so it's been a very big metaphor for me this whole time mm. of regeneration being transitioning. And that's why this – this uh, tattoo is what it is. It's also a note to myself to take a deep breath because mm-hmm. I get stressed it's out. A good and reminder relax. for everybody. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then for this summer, for this announcement to have come out that the doctor's going to be a woman, it was like the culmination of my little process. And it was just like, wow. it's, you, you, you very rarely get handed a pop culture metaphor that perfectly lines up in your life. <laughs> but when it does, I just go right for it. Yeah. Oh, Riley, thank you so much for coming. Riley, Thanks for having me. Been... Thank you so much. So great. This is great. And uh, what is it? Tell people what your shirt says. Uh, don't be a basic. Which mm. hey, words to live it's October. <laughs> yeah, it's been sitting. Uh, what are you doing now? What uh, what do you want our listeners to know about? So Six. next weekend, I will be in Portland at the All Jane Comedy Festival, which mm-hmm. is uh, one of my favorite festivals to do. So go check that out. Nice. I will be on like a lot of shows. I'm on shows Thursday through Saturday, I think. So cool. go to the uh, the All Jane Comedy site, and I think it's alljanecomedy.org. Great and. Check the schedule, buy tickets for that. And I have an album called Intimate Apparel that is on uh, AST Records. Great. And you're on Twitter at? I am, as of this weekend, I am now at Riley J. Silverman. Nice. I wanted to be, so here's the story about my Twitter real quick. I can't get my actual name because someone already has it, but she doesn't use it. It just reposts her Yelp reviews. No, thank you. And I went, I went on Yelp. 
and messaged her and was like, hey, this is the situation. Here's who I am. Here's what I want. Can you, would you consider changing it to your married last name or whatever? Mm-hmm. And she wrote back, I don't even use Twitter. I don't even know how it works anymore. And so then I wrote back and it was like, well, I think what's happening is your Yelp got automatically tied to it. Would you consider logging in, resetting your password and just closing your account so I can use the name? And she goes, I don't have time for all that. Uh, it is what it is. Have a nice night. That was basically the response. And then I actually oh, went on wow. Twitter. I actually went on Twitter and tried to report it as like a, oh, someone who's using my name for spam or whatever uh-huh. and they they saw right through what I was doing They're like no you can't have her name so <laughs> uh, it's fine so I'm I'm Rally J Silverman so and, uh, yeah. what kind of food does she like um apparently everything she really loves Yelp yeah uh, there's a lot of Yelp oh, but God. it's yeah uh, Riley, you were the perfect guest. And thank, thank you, you, everybody. Everybody, thank you to uh, Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon and Dana Wickens and Ryan, Ryan on, the, on the keys. Uh, ben Wise on the music. Yep. Uh, all y'all. All uh, y'all. Uh, you there for listening. Thank you. Uh, please leave us a, a review and if you're kind. so inclined. Alexander Graham Bell. I stole the idea for the telephone. Hey, people steal ideas all the time, everywhere, even in the worlds of music and comedy. Stolen Idea is a punk rock musical set in these two worlds where theft can make or break a career. They're written by Matt Besser and Bobby Matthews. Produced by Brett Morris. Starring Matt Besser, Bobby Matthews, Virginia Matthews, John Gimberling, Mike Cassidy, Paul Rust, Scott Ackerman, Harris Whittles, Mike Still, Danielle Snyder, and James Adomian. Stolen Idea is only available on Stitcher Premium. Go to stitcherpremium.com slash stolen. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Ah, uh, yes. I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.